One of the great paradoxes of the last year is the resilience of the U.S. economy despite record levels of debt and the fastest interest rate cycle in four decades. In the last year, interest rates in the U.S. have gone from 0.25% to 5.5%. 40 years ago, unemployment was at around 6%, yet today it's at 3.5%, the lowest it's been in 70 years. This seems remarkable, but is it sustainable? And is there a danger that we can get lulled into a feeling of excessive optimism? We're joined by Adrian Pask, Chief Investment Officer at PSG Wealth, to understand why the U.S. economy is still so strong today, despite borrowing costs being at 40-year highs. Hi, Adrian. Good to talk to you again. People like myself are a bit puzzled by the contradictions coming out of the U.S. The economy seems to be doing fine. Unemployment is low, yet borrowing costs are at 40-year highs. Should we be concerned? Hi, Kieran, and hello to the listeners as well. Yes, it's a very interesting anomaly. Um, So we've seen these remarkable uh, interest rate hikes, um, in many cases far more, uh, far frequent, uh, rate hikes than what was generally expected. I think now looking in hindsight, uh, it seems quite obvious to most. But 18 months ago, the markets were generally still quite unsure as to whether we'll see significant rate hikes. Um, and obviously, the rest is now history. Interest rates have moved higher from the beginning of last year at a low of 25 basis points to 550 basis points, which in the context for South African listener might feel still very low. But I think we need to keep in mind that these interest rates are much lower in in developed market we know that the fed typically says that they want to keep interest rates below two percent following COVID, they've adjusted that to say we would like to average around two percent which gives them a little bit of leeway but five and a half percent according to the historic standards is still significantly high and if you think about what happens in the economy when you increase interest rates very quickly to unusually high levels as it is, you would expect things like economic growth is obviously in in the crosshairs. But if you look at economic growth, then it's currently standing at around 2.5%, which is still very good. And relative to history, economic growth is typically in a developed market like the US around 2%. So it's actually ahead of that. And the other thing that you would expect to surface is unemployment, where Currently, what we're actually seeing is unemployment levels are at 70-year lows. So it seems like there's a massive disconnect between what we're seeing in monetary policy and increasing interest rates and what we're actually seeing as a consequence of that in the economic numbers, which seem quite resilient. The economic numbers seem to say there's no interest rate hikes. Interest rates are low. The economy is absolutely flourishing and unemployment is not a problem. So that is rather strange. So we're looking here at decades high interest rates and the lowest unemployment rate in 70 years, there does seem to be a disconnect, as you mentioned. Are we not perhaps looking at a delayed reaction here where the economy is about to slow down in response to these high interest rates? Absolutely. I think that's definitely my feeling is that these rates have happened so quickly. It's actually only 12 months since the first hike or just over 12 months since the first hike took place. And typically interest rates need to filter through the economy. So people need to adjust their spending habits, the second round effects that take place, that impact prices, etc. So some economic indicators are a bit more responsive than others. But for the full impact of an interest rate hike to filter through into the data from an economic health perspective can take up to 12 to 18 months. So from that perspective, you can argue 
that we've actually only seen the first few hikes take effect in the economy. So you might only see some early signs of economic strain, but you won't see the full 5.5% interest rate level in the economy just yet. So I think that's a point well made. What about investments? I mean, the strong U.S. economy is a good sign that does seem to be reflected in prices in the U.S. How should investors position themselves over the next year or so? Again, they're a huge anomaly in terms of where interest rates are and what markets are doing at the moment. So year-to-date, the S&P 500 in dollar terms is up between 15 and 20% depending on the day. So the markets are saying, let's steam ahead, there's no issue here. So quite similar, the market seems to be reflecting the economic data as they stand, as opposed to the interest rate environment itself. Now, obviously, through higher rates, what we would expect to see, as I mentioned, is obviously the higher cost of debt through interest rates is the first thing. But that directly impacts the disposable income that consumers have to spend because they're paying off more debt. Now, in the U.S., consumer spending constitutes just under 70% of the GDP. So if you take strain there, you're going to pick up a problem, and that's probably going to come through higher unemployment levels because obviously there's less spending happening, less profits going around, less flexibility to employ more staff, wages tend to go down, and consumer spending ultimately takes a hit. And as soon as consumer spending takes a hit, that starts to then feature into the earnings reports of the businesses listed on the S&P. So definitely a cause for concern because of this big de-link that we've seen with interest rates and the economy, the market has actually forged ahead. But in the meantime, there's actually something else more than likely and not tougher times in the pipeline. So it would have been a bad scenario for markets to just stand still and not factor in tougher environment, but they've actually marched ahead. So we're quite cautious about the US at the moment. Valuations are still quite high because the market has just continued to defy uh, the economic reality. So I think investors need to be cautious on that front. I was just looking at this um, in the last couple of days. There's a consensus building amongst economists that the US will either avoid a recession or perhaps experience a mild dip. What's your view on this? And do you think this consensus is changing? Well, my personal view is I think it's unlikely. I think the interest rate hikes that we've seen were, quite frankly, just too drastic. I think why the economists feel that a softer landing or potentially even avoiding a a recession is a possibility is because of these economic indicators that have held up so well. But I think what we need to understand there is why they've held up so well. And from what we can pick up in the economic numbers is the... Uh, excess savings in the system. So through COVID, there were obviously a lot of fiscal support to consumers to keep the economy afloat. But at the same time, consumers couldn't really get out of their homes with lockdowns and, and spend it into the economy, not to the full extent. So both savings rates and the accumulated pool of savings increased dramatically. And this has been a huge uh, windfall for the economy because even now, as interest rates are, are increasing, there's this buffer protecting the economy. But that buffer was around $2 trillion at its peak, roughly, say, call it 15 months ago or so. But slowly but surely, uh, consumers have been eating away at that and spending that money um, as they need it. But that reserve is now at $300 billion. Um, And 
So it's about 70% depleted. And our sense is the minute that that is depleted, then it will start to impact disposable income again. And that's going to translate into lower consumer spending and lower corporate earnings. Finally, what lesson for investors who are trying to navigate this contradiction that you've been talking about, where you have this buoyant U.S. economy and the highest interest rate in 40 years? It is quite a tricky one because there might be some rocky waters ahead. Yes, agreed. I think, you know, there's an important lesson. There's always something in history that resembles something in the present. And for me, the closest one that comes to mind is actually if we look at Microsoft from the late 90s into the early 2000s. And there were a lot of signs back then even that we should be concerned about markets defying valuations because of a lot of over-optimism in the market and the outlook for, at that point in time, all all the dot-com companies. It's not too dissimilar. We see what AI-listed companies are doing as well. But the reality is that if you are over-optimistic in terms of your expectations of the future, the risk of overpaying for your investment increases dramatically. And I think that risk is particularly elevated in the U.S. at the moment. So I think the lesson for investors through that is look at what had happened to Microsoft in the early 2000s. It was roughly $60 a share. The bubble burst, it went down to $22 a share, and it took all of 16 years to recover. And Microsoft was, through that whole period, a very successful business. It was raking in earnings. It was growing its profile across software and other initiatives that they had over that period. Yet it didn't really make for a good investment. So you've got to be very careful in terms of what you pay at the moment, I think is the key lesson, especially if you look at the over-optimism being priced into the S&P 500. All right, Adrian, thanks for laying that out for us. That was Adrian Pask, who is Chief Investment Officer at PSG Wealth.